Welcome back, everybody, to the Tale of Two Adams podcast. I'm Adam, and this is Adam, and we are back with season two, episode two. Okay. There you go. I expected a big spike in our audio recording then just then, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry to your poor ears. <laughs> Spiked. <laughs> we're just loud enough already. Yeah. Um, well, while we're chuckling, enjoy the intro music. <laughs> Marriage is an earthly thing. Mm. It's a thing of earth. It doesn't exist in eternity. Yeah. It's a nice day for a white wedding. That's the one. Got that's, it. That's how you do it. Got it in one. <laughs> what a good track. We are back, and for this episode, we are talking about weddings. <laughs> At the time of recording this, Valentine's Day is next week, but today is a very special day for Clarkie. It's my anniversary. It's your wedding. Oh, my wedding anniversary. Wedding anniversary. Yes. Shout out to Laura if you're listening. It's um, I'm definitely thinking hard about our anniversary on our anniversary. Yeah. yeah. That's good. good. So you should. Um, <laughs> she would like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, big year. Big year. So we're going to talk about fictional weddings and biblical weddings or the concept of weddings in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, I just looked it up, wedding anniversary gifts by year, saying that year four is fruit or flowers. Like, I feel like that's wrong. Yeah, right. Okay. But anyway. I would have thought it'd be, like, the first one is what, paper or something? Yeah. Isn't it like paper, wood? I know that three is leather because that's the one we just had. Yeah, and right. I looked it up and I was like, whoa. <laughs> what was your favorite thing about your wedding day four years ago? Yeah, my favorite thing about oh, wedding day. Other than the fact that you got to marry, you know, your favorite person in the whole wide world. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is just how fun it was. It was just like a good day. Like I had a ball. I expected it to be really kind of uh, structured and uptight, but um, just knowing my wife and I, Mm. Well, I shouldn't have expected that because um, it was just like a loose ass. It was so loose. Yeah, nice. How about you? Yeah, my wedding day was a really, really good day. Like, I had a lot of fun. Just got to hang out with Sarah for the whole day. Um, we we danced because we we choreographed our first dance for about fifteen minutes two days oh, before our wedding. Um, so yeah, genuinely spent 15 minutes. Solid effort. Um, it was great. Everyone loved it. We're very impressed. Um, very impressive. So um, but honestly, food was stellar. We had a good team on the on the Arvo tea yeah. um, and on dinner. Mm. And Sarah always gets mad at me when I reference food as being the highlight of anything. She's like, there were people there. Our families were there. But I'm like, my highlight was being married to Sarah. But... Um, Safe answer, safe answer. It was a solid playlist that I made on Spotify. Nice, nice. <laughs> Which my sister-in-law then swapped her phone in for oh. halfway through just at some point. I don't know when it happened. I just know that it did happen at oh. some point. You're like, I didn't put this on the list. <laughs> so my playlist was lit. Oh, but um, 
And a friend from uni actually said that. They're like, man, this song's a good one. I was like, yeah, this is my whole life. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, only you. <laughs> um, Curated. I love it. Had a debate. Watch this podcast. Um, I don't think. Um, well, probably doesn't know it exists. Ah, oh, Beck. Well, you should listen to it. Yeah, Beck. Like. Calling you out now on the podcast is probably not the place to be calling someone out who doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, especially so. 14 episodes in. Yeah. It's a long way to go. And yeah. if she does ever get to this episode, then she clearly does watch the podcast <laughs> or listen to the podcast. Catch up if you haven't. Yep. That's so fun, though. I love a good wedding. Yeah, it was great. Good times. Good. All dolled up. And... Good dancing, good songs, good yeah. life. Yeah. Good life. Good life. Yeah. Uh, Laura and I did a lot of photography for our dance. Mm. And then uh, two weeks leading up to it, we just didn't practice at all. And so we got like halfway through the dance and then we were like, oh, we don't know. We can't remember the rest of it. So it uh, bombed. It was awful. Mate. Like, I had a lot of fun anyway, you know. It was great. Our first casual song for the dance floor was uh, from La La Land. Oh, okay. So it's just like the best. Um, so it's just casual dancing. We picked the song from the movie about all the dancing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just, you know, not no pressure. Yeah, the movie about either following your dreams or following your romantic relationships. And uh, well, but not both, yeah. No, you can't have both, never both, says La La Land. So, yeah, there you go, yeah, good times. We we danced to, I mean, you were at my wedding, I wasn't at your wedding. You should have assumed from that one interaction we had before you got married that we were going to be the best of friends and invited no, me to your wedding. I should have, I feel like I really should have, right? I'm sad that you missed out on it. Oh, well, definitely. No, it was far away. Um, <laughs> and you're at mine, you prayed at my wedding. Um, and mine and Sarah's first dance was to It's Been a Long Time, or It's Been a Long, Long Time, um, yeah. which is the song that when when Nick Fury breaks into Steve's apartment in Winter yes. Soldier, that's the song that he, yeah. he plays. Probably yeah. these, like, what are they called? Gramophones? He's, re- you know, these record players. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> old-timey one. <laughs> um, but then it's also in Endgame, the song that Steve and Peggy dance to oh so how wholesome end game came out the month before we got married so <laughs> checkmate <laughs> easy pick yeah absolutely checkmate for end game yeah put on your end game shall we talk about media yeah. yeah 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 how many things have you got to talk about how many culture weddings uh i've got two ref like um special mentions Honorable mentions. Yep. And then one big one okay. by yourself. I have just two. No honorable mentions, just, just two big ones. Yeah. Oh. Do you want to stop your honorable mentions? Yeah. So my honorable mentions, the two of them have got April and Andy from Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. uh, which is just so fun. Like, <laughs> they decide, like, I think it's like on the day, they're like, yeah, we're getting married, everybody. And like, Leslie freaks out. And uh, it was just a dinner party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, hey, come over to our place for dinner. And then, like, surprise, we're going to get married. And uh, she's like, what? No, you can't do this. You're too young. She's like, it's not good. And everyone else is like, yes, I'm on board. How can we help? Doesn't Andy keep asking all the guys to be his best man? Yeah. Classic. Ron, like, disappears for most of the party. Comes back with, like, two wedding rings he's fashioned out of the candelabra or something. It's just, what a guy. Uh, the the post credits is like, 
Um, people who buy stuff are dumb. People should just make things. Him <laughs> forging these rings. So fun. Actually, fun, fun side note. You don't know this, but I have a new wedding ring. It's silver, not gold. Oh. My old wedding ring is in the ocean. Because oh. uh, I wore it in the ocean, not because we had a fight. <laughs> but uh, we forged this. Really? Yeah, I made this in Indonesia. That's sick. Yeah, it's, you can tell when you look up close and see all the like scuffs and how sort of imperfect it is. But this is a ring that oh. I made. I made out of silver. Did you like my own hands? Wolf type thing, or uh, no? I was given a strip of silver, which I then went around a pole. So like, I didn't do any of the. Um, I didn't at any point have liquid silver. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, I was yeah given like a strip, wrapped it around a sort of ring size of thing, hammered it. Burnt it, cool. Polished it, Sick. sanded it, all this stuff. That's a nice one. Forge, Sorry. forge my own wedding ring. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's take that op shop, <laughs> op shop wedding ring. That's the, the one cooler thing than getting your wedding from wedding ring from an op shop is forging your own. You've been one up. <laughs> hopping on the back of someone else's marriage <laughs> from an op shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> uh, anywho, what's your other honorable uh, mention? The other one was uh, Lillian Marshall from How Much Your Mother. Yeah, there you go. Which is just the most ridiculous and fun wedding that they have. Like, that stresses me out. Yeah, he shaves his head. That stresses he has me to out. Wear a hat, and they have like they kind of have two weddings, which is a bit like oh, oh whatever, tacky. Just have one. <laughs> no, uh, Lily and Marshall, very cute couple. I enjoy their wedding. and Just that they yeah, finally get there, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's one of yours? Jim and Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you schmuck. <laughs> they had one wedding. Um, yeah. Right off the bat. They got married on a boat at Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very wholesome. It's very cute. Yeah, it's great. Um, and that's because... Pam Torhavale was stressing out, so Jim <laughs> cut his tie with scissors, and she was like, oh, no. And then he's like, let's get out of here. So they got in a boat, for which Jim already had tickets for. He's a fun guy. They got married, and then when everyone at his wedding did the viral Chris Brown song, yeah. he was like, they'll all chill about it because they were already married and no one knew. Um that's a great wedding. It's a lot of fun. That's cute, yeah. Fun episode. I like the lead up to it as well. Yeah. It's just like people um like not RSVPing or um when they pick, you know, which dish they want at the reception, it's like whichever's fanciest. <laughs> <laughs> um well <laughs> things like that. Kevin has a toupee. Um <laughs> Yeah. There's lots going on. Um You're then no, Jim's quote so about the boat tickets was, um, he says, I bought those tickets the day I saw that YouTube video. I knew we'd need a backup plan. The boat was actually plan C. The church was plan B. And plan A was marrying her a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. So Damn. there you go, Jim and Pam. They only had one wedding. They just had sort of two, and it was one episode. Yeah. So way better than Lillian Marshall's second wedding. <laughs> Don't talk bad about them. Classic. What's your real one? Um, Asia Asians wedding. 
Um, I don't know who you're talking about. Crazy Rich Asians. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, oh man, it's it's uh it's hectic. It's mad. So she, the main protagonist, uh, is dating this super rich dude that she had no idea he was rich, mm. and he invites her to this wedding. Um, kind of family friends in Singapore. And she kind of gets into this subculture of Singapore where they're like, Oh, you said me. crazy rich Asians. You mumbled the heck out of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's crazy <laughs> rich Asians. I was like, Reggie rejagging. And I'm like, you know me personally and you're listening to this. If you also had no idea what Clarky said, sorry everyone, contact me personally. <laughs> Tell me I'm with you. I stand with you. But, um, also, if you knew from the first time he said crazy rich Asians, my slurring. If you knew exactly what he was talking about, tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, yeah, crazy rich Asians. Yeah, yeah, it's just beautiful. I think it's awesome. Um, the little firefly thing they have in the middle of the aisle is the most tacky part, but I just think it's just oh far out. What a great idea. Having like water down the middle of the aisle and like the beautiful cover of um Elvis song. Um Can't Help Falling in Love with You or something like that. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So, so good. Nice. Yeah, love it. I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. So I still sort of don't know what you're talking about. It's but I do know about Crazy Rich Asians. I just don't know about Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's your last one? Uh, Jake and Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hey, nice. Um, literally a year ago, uh, spoke about both of these couples in our episode about love and when we talk about couples, but, um, just the quote from that they each say, but Amy says during the ceremony of there is a bomb at this wedding, your butt, your butt is the bomb. (laughs) And Jake is crying and says, you're my dream girl. Um, yeah, my wife said that to me at our wedding because <laughs> we're funny. We're basically Jake and Amy. <laughs> um, love it. But also, I just love that there's a bomb threat at their wedding because of a running joke that basically everyone who's ever dated Amy Santiago is still irrationally in love with her. And I don't mean that loving Amy is irrational. The manifestation of how they love her shows a complete inability to rationalize and move on or think rationally i'm sure they've rationalized <laughs> their love for her but um it's very funny yeah i also just love um so their wedding is what i think the season four finale something like that yeah pretty sure maybe it's three no it's four but all the finales um have episode titles that are two names like something and something mm. and they get married. The episode is called Jake and Amy, um, which is nice. So if you notice the trend that all the finales have something, someone and someone as the um, final episode title, then mm. it's like, you know, oh, Jake and Amy. Oh, right. Something special. Yeah. Okay. Cute, 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 cute. Yeah. I'll look up some of the other finale names. Mm. Yeah, nice. I think Greg and Larry is the most interesting one. That's the one where they are. Oh, yeah, protection. yeah. Right. The names aren't said till the very end of the episode because they yeah. season three finales. They end up in witness protection. Spoiler alert. There you go. Is that season three finale? Sure. And the end of season four, Jack, Jake and Amy get married. I'm pretty sure. Wow. 
Yeah. Crazy. Good boy. End of season one, Jake goes undercover in the mafia. Hmm. End of season two, uh, Jake and Amy kiss in the evidence locker and hmm. oh. then they get their new captain. Yeah. End of season three, two characters who I won't name just in case you haven't seen it, but you want to um, <laughs> end up in witness protection. Um, end of season four, Jake and Amy get married. And I don't remember the other two. Yeah, nice. Well, the other three. I haven't seen season eight. Neither have I. Yeah, yeah. Final season. Huge. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, shall we talk about the Bible? Yeah, that's yeah. always good. 17 minutes into this episode. My wife's going to love how short this is. We're so succinct. Anyway, we've got sort of a couple of passages. Um, but I might start with one. It's not a passage, it's just a fact. Um, that Jesus performed his first recorded miracle at a wedding. Mm. He turned water into wine. Yeah. And I kind of like that idea. I was thinking about, you know, at a wedding, um, there's sort of the tradition where a bride throws the bouquet and then whoever catches it will be the next bride. Mm. I was like, Jesus went to a wedding and demonstrated, um, you know, his powers beyond mere men. He turned water into wine. That's pretty cool. Mm. I've never done that. Um, but that is just like a tiny insignificant isn't the right word Mm. but like next to basically every other demonstration of his power yeah that one is just scratching the surface yeah of what he does do yeah um and i always like to think of if i'm thinking about weddings i'm thinking about the bible like jesus death on the cross is a wedding mm. because it is specifically like it involves deep covenant promises mm. um, in which Jesus takes responsibility for his church. Like yeah. Um, yeah. he he becomes the bridegroom mm. and the church the bride. Yeah. Which doesn't happen if he doesn't die on the cross. Mm. Um so yeah, Jesus' death, wedding. Um, so if you think about Jesus' power being the throwing of the bouquet, it's like, mm. oh yeah, he he was at a wedding and he turned water into wine. But on the cross, he defeated sin and just made a joke out of Satan's plans. Mm. Uh, mine was also um, wedding of Cana. Nice. Um, oh, we can talk more about it then, because yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, well, basically the same. My understanding of it is like one of the first signs in the Book of John. Or the first sign in the book of John is like, what's the emphasis of like the the miracle? It's that the wine is um, is better than the one before. It's like it's just overflowing with just richness and um, Mm. and abundance. And thinking about covenants lately, studying things and the kind of covenant blessings that Israel is given as they are told to follow the law uh, in. Deuteronomy, I think he talks about that. And he says, you know, you're going to get all this great rich food and like you're going to have like awesome rain and like sick as land. And, and it's just this picture of like the, the abundance that Jesus brings in new wine. It's just like, this is what, I, this is what Jesus is bringing to the world. He's bringing mm. like blessings. He's bringing abundance to people. He's not just, it sounds kind of prosperity almost. In the new creation, like this is what we're looking forward to is just like lit wine 24 7, like 
yeah, abundance, like a, a cornucopia of uh, rich foods. And I oh mean, for a uh, kind of culture at the time, most kind of agricultural, you can imagine that like, oh, like, like looking forward to that. That sounds like a like a sick ass time. Like all I ever really get to eat is bread most days. So like lots of wine, lots of awesome food. Like just like food is a big big unifier in everyone. Mm. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm bringing that. Like don't follow me. Like hang on, sick with wine. Like it's been aged for ages. Yeah, I don't know, Jesus. Yeah, amazing weddings and stuff. Yeah, and I, I like that. Um, is is there is there a king involved or like who's the like the master of the house? Someone, yeah. But they they pull the servants aside and you mm. know, most people bring out the good stuff at the start. And once everyone's drunk, you bring out you know the not as good wine. But, mm. but with the wine that Jesus uh, makes from the water, he says, you know, you have saved the best for last. Mm. Um, so even there's a cultural element there mm. um, that the best is yet to come. Yes. Uh, yeah, and the best is here being revealed, which I love. Amen. I'm just trying to pull it up now. My Bible app, uh, John two, John two. Oh, I went too far. John two. People have also brought up the idea of Jesus being kind of the, the true husband. Yeah, that's supposed to bring the wine. Because so the master of the banquet draws the bridegroom aside and says, "Yeah, that all of that." And um, oh, that's right. It's not the servants. Yeah. yeah, the servants know where it came from. Though the thing, I think the passage makes no. Yeah, yeah. That's like the bridegroom doesn't know where this amazing wine came from, yeah. but the servants knew. And then John says it's the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. Sick. You, people are like, that was glorious. Sick as Jesus, mad miracle, bro. Yeah. Um, and then they believed in him, which is awesome. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Do you have any other Bible passages to add? Yeah, like a few off the top of my head, but that was the main one I was kind of thinking of. Yeah, nice. Oh, I'm sorry I led with it then. So, yeah. No, no, no. It's um, great. Because it's generally into the wedding. For the passage, it was just Jesus performed his first recorded miracle at a wedding. How good. It was just the fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we talk about for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, good. Sick. Um, we're still under half an hour at this point. Um, so we could talk about John 2 forever. But um, Couldn't we? Uh, I have so two references to Ephesians 5, which yeah. are not, again, specific to weddings. You might hear this at a wedding. Depends. I don't have the stereotypical, like, 1 Corinthians <laughs> yeah, yeah. 13. But, um, Classic. So Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So the wedding that I'm talking about is not to do with a husband and wife, but it's referencing Jesus on the cross. Mm. And then the passage goes on to talk about how you know it is beneficial for husbands to love their wives because you know, they're one flesh and one body. Um, so you know, whoever hated their, their own body so much to not take care of it. And then so later on, verse 31 and 32 it says for this reason the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife uh, the two will become one flesh which is straight out of genesis um, chapter 2 mm. um, which i also have here uh, but it adds this is a profound mystery but i am talking about christ and the church so not just the model for marriage but like the truest marriage mm. marriage mm. is an earthly thing 
in terms of one man marrying one woman. Mm. It's a thing of earth that doesn't exist in eternity because Christ's relational nature that manifests in his love for his church is the truest union. Mm. And weddings today should reflect that, but also can't fully reflect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why, you know, particularly at mine and Sarah's wedding, um, our friend Andrew, who preached, we said to him, preach the gospel. Mm. We want people that aren't Christians there to just hear mm. the gospel because we know it and we love it. And we don't really need the sermon to be about the fact that we are getting married mm. because we are each already Christ's bride. Yeah. So almost our, our marriage to each other is second, secondary to our union with Christ. And there are people there that are not in relationship with Jesus. Mm. So it's like, you know, so actually the passage, I don't know if you remember, was you know, three and a half years ago. So it's cool if you don't remember, but it was parable of the lost son. Mm. Prodigal son, as it's known, um, the wayward son. But yeah, I think that that's, that's the most important thing, um, which it sounds rich for two yeah. <laughs> men that have been married since 21 to say <laughs> that like earthly marriage is not as important as a relationship with Jesus, because I'm sure lots of single people that are Christians or not Christians think, no, but, but I'd like someone to have, you know, yeah. and you know, to have and to hold. Yeah. But it's actually kind of encouraging when marriage is hard as well. Mm. Um, to be like, well, we're both in relationship with Jesus, mm. um, first and foremost, and all of my expectations on fulfillment shouldn't rest with, with Sarah. Yeah. Uh, and more often than not, when I put too much expectation on that relationship to be more than what it should be or can be, that's when things don't seem like they're going my way. Mm. So it's like, it's just not biblical. Yeah, yeah. Because first and foremost, the, mo the, the model that Christ has given us is, Husbands, lay down your lives for your wives mm. Mm. and love her as Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, weddings are a big deal. Yeah. Like, don't just think, oh, how nice it is that they have each other. Think, wow, how nuts it is that they're yeah. making those that covenant with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fictional weddings, I think you've talked about this before, just seem to trivialize how awesome it is to be married. They're making bad promises to each other for things they don't really intend to keep. And often, like, when you have well, either a, a marriage based on, oh, you know, we're just, like, hanging out as, like, friends forever or as, like, a, a sleepover with your best friend mm. or, you know, you're putting everything on that marriage. This is the fulfillment of, like, my hopes and my, my dreams. Marriage is not going to last, basically. Yeah. What you need is the strength of commitments and promises uh, that are based on uh, commitments and promises that Jesus makes to his bride. Oh, yeah. He's never going to leave you. He, like, gave himself up for you. Like, yeah. He, Jesus doesn't change. He's, he's Jesus, you know. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But in, like, earthly marriages, we know that we all change. People change, but God don't change at all. Thanks, Colin. And, <laughs> and what we need is the strength of commitment. And I think that's more beautiful than many weddings you see in fiction, sadly. But yeah, that's what it is. You know, that's just the world we live in these days. Yeah. 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 It's almost like media makes marriage just the 
almost like the status of being a wife or a husband and in media it's particularly um being a wife it's like oh i made it you know i've achieved that yeah and there's so much satisfaction in just being married yeah when really it's not even meant to be about here and now Mm. (laughs) yeah it definitely does have that sort of it like there's definitely an earthly component like god set it up to be the appropriate context for raising families Mm. there's definitely more to it than just parallels to the heavenly realms but Yeah. yeah it's it's much bigger than just oh me and this person love each other so much Mm. It's like it's really about how loved you are by God and how much you love God. Yeah, how much you and your spouse or new spouse love each other is almost like it like ranks third at best. How, what would you put second? How much you love? Oh, well, it's it's how much God loves you. Uh, yeah. How much you love God? Yeah. And then the next two is how much you love your spouse and how much your spouse loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending, I feel like that one could maybe flip flop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For me, it was about how much I love my wife and then how much she loves me. But that might be the masculine mindset as well. I love this woman so much, I'm going to marry her. Um, and then next to her is, oh man, I can't believe this woman loves me so much. Um, yeah. But she would marry me. So it's pretty even. <laughs> so nice. It's yeah. So it's big promises. And yeah. I, sometimes I think, like, every time you go to a wedding, it's like, it's the most no pressure thing in the world yeah because it's like yeah you're keeping promises that directly parallel why jesus came to earth yeah 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 god's divine plan from the beginning yeah and we're doing like a, a little you know mm. light light version of it yeah called diet classic <laughs> you know <laughs> diet version diet version of god's plan for you like god's salvation plan <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah uh, but, yeah, I, um, just to like bring it to the end of history then, um, Revelation 21 says that John sees a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There's no longer any seas. And they saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They'll be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And there's a bunch of awesome promises that come through. But like that idea of in the, the culmination, the fulfillment of all history, we are going to be presented to Jesus as a bride. Mm. Like that's what we are here. That's what the church is for, to make God look great. And to say, like, look at what God has done. He's, like, dressed this immaculate bride for her husband. And they get to be together forever. Oh, that's sick. That's a sick-ass plan. Yeah. That's pretty good. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I like that you say, you know, it's a sick plan. God knows what he's doing. Because the only other passage I've got left that I haven't read out is from the very, very first marriage. Uh, Genesis 2, 22. Uh, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. The OG wedding vows. Mm. Uh, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Mm. It's like, 
this relationalness, yeah, relationality. I like mm. that. I don't think that's a word, but it is now. It's a, it's a Taylor <laughs> Two Adams word. Just the manifestation of how relational God is. Yeah. Reflected in his first two created humans, mm. but then ultimately fulfilled perfectly in the passage you read from Revelation. Mm. Like, even like Adam marvels at what God has done in making the woman. You know, she's mm. just like me. <laughs> like, badges and unicorns are cool, God, but this woman <laughs> is like me. She's a suitable <laughs> companion. Yes. Um, that was the, that was the conflict in in the beginning of Genesis two. It's like mm. the first ever conflict. Mm. Um, it is not good for man to be alone. After everything is you know sixfold been described as good, good, yeah. good, 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 very good, very good. It's not good for the man to be alone. So from out of man, God made woman. Mm. That's the one. Got that's, it. that's how you do it. Got it in one. Well, eventually, yeah, eventually got it in one. <laughs> it only took one rib. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ah, here we go. I found the one I was thinking of as well. Um, uh, Revelation 19 says, I might just read from like 1 to 10. Do it. Yeah. In one, uh, Revelation 19, after this, the, all the stuff of Revelation. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his uh, judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke, smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen! Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. And I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the Lord said, then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Yeah, just like sick as everyone's like a great multitude of like rushing waters and peals of thunder. They're like, girls, we're going to get married. <laughs> and we get like sick as crisp linen or just like pure white, which is the righteous acts of God's holy people. Mm. Yeah. It's a nice day for a white wedding. Yeah. Love it. Billy Joel. Who would have brought Billy, Billy Idol? Billy Idol. There you go. Billy Joel's there. Piano Man. Man. I love that we both said <laughs> Piano Man. There's a lot of Billy Joel songs, but Piano Man is the Billy it's Joel song. He is the Piano Man. Uh, Billy Idol, in reference to uh, Revelation 19, was not something I expected. Yeah. <laughs> White weddings. Oh, man. So good. I love the wedding. Bam. Bam. Well, this has been fun. 
Yes. Shall we have more fun? Let's do it with a fun segment. Our fun segments. I love having fun. What have you prepared? I've got another song recommendation. Uh, Probably my last one for a while because I'm struggling to come up with like, I don't want to repeat artists. So I'm running out of Christian songs. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like song. Uh, I mean, I can put that. I don't think I've done Neil's song yet. But um, yeah. What's your um song? What are you going to do? Oh, okay. Uh, Christian song is called Yahweh because I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about this one yet. I went through previous episodes to check. So I don't think I've talked about Yahweh by Elevation Worship. Mm-hmm. But I really like it. It's, it's really like, like it goes off musically, um, but also I do like its lyrical simplicity. It's just about God, and it names him a lot. And you know, the chorus says, holy, holy is the Lord, worthy to be praised, mm. Yahweh. Yeah. Fire rising in my soul, an all-consuming flame, mm. Yahweh. Bridge that repeats like a thousand times. Um, it's because it's a live version on Spotify. <laughs> uh, he who was and is to come is the one who lives in us, the great I am, Yahweh. That eight times. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. The verses say a little bit more. Not that much more, though. It's sort of, I think the, yeah, like the opening line, spirit of Jesus living within us, never to fail or forsake. Mm unending promise heaven inside us whispers the sound of your name his name is yahweh so the, mm. so the chorus kicks in but yeah it's not fantastically deep but it builds off foundations that are quite strong in me and musically it's fantastic <laughs> very well sung as well which i feel like i don't often just reference <laughs> especially because it's a live version it's mm. very well sung yeah, Yahweh by Elevation Worship is one of my favorite Christian songs. And for my secular song, non-spiritual, non-religious song, it's a new one, actually, or fairly new. And probably, I'm not on TikTok, but I feel like is one that is on a lot of TikToks. Hmm. But do you know Golden Hour by Jake? Yeah. Jake is spelled a great song, with yeah. a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of an I had no idea how to say it until you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Old Now, and it sounds really, really complicated on the piano. Uh, and I thought it'd be really, really hard to sing some of his big notes in the chorus, but like he blends genres, and it's almost like it's it's like music. It's like it's messy, mm. but it's it's like groomed messy, which is if ever there was a metaphor for my hair for this song, it's <laughs> groomed but messy because yeah, he's got all sorts of different styles and genres in there like it starts off with a really big it almost sounds like a classical piano piece mm. at some point there's a string section um but then also like the electric drum sounds come in and mm. i'm pretty sure it it sounds like it needs two pianists as well like not just one person can play the piano yeah and it's because kind of lighting if you want two people playing it yeah because there's these bits that even like a single note is played over certain bits and i'm like i don't think Human mm. hands have time to physically do that. Yeah, I really like it. Yep. I like the pre-chorus the best. The, the lyrics are fine, but mm. the way it sort of builds up from... It's almost like a sort of soft-spoken rap bit in the verses, you know? English just do lovers. He definitely tries to employ some sort of 
some rap techniques. Like he says, feeling super childish. No Donald Glover. Yeah. Um, that's such a thing that white people do when they rap. It's just like say something and then immediately just like Poland say a word that's like it. <laughs> it's like feeling super childish. No Donald Glover because he's called the childish bank, childish Gambino. It's like, yeah, that's the thing that really the white person that's ever tried to rap or write a rap has heard that and is like, yeah, I'm going to try to do that. You know, <laughs> it's like, there's a rainbow out, ain't talking Skittles. <laughs> it's like that. And that was off the cuff. I ain't talking Skittles. I know it didn't rhyme with anything. It's not that impressive. Like, yeah, it's just a thing that people do. You just feel like whenever white people try to rap, that's the technique that they're like, oh, I do that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not rap. But yeah, then it transitions into kind of sort of a more just be ballad. Then just the chorus is just a huge, the word shine just kind of belted. <laughs> yeah. And then the word time just kind of belted. Yeah. Um, with the sort of falsetto tunes again. Um, Classic. Yeah, it's good. It's really simple in terms of just structure. You know, first chorus, first chorus, done with musical instrumental elements, but. Yeah, nice. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, I've been loving the reels. It's been fun. Love the reels. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I saw it from one like YouTube reel. Was I don't know if it was like it was a cut of like different scenes from Wednesday, which I haven't seen. Oh yeah, and it had that song sort of playing in the background, and then mm. some like car headlights turned on really bright. With the word shine. Oh, yeah, and I was like, okay. Well, I was like, cool. This song sounds good. That's why I looked it up. Oh yeah, Gold Now by Jake. Yeah. J V K E. Yeah, cool. Good, good song. Good track. Yeah, nice. And uh, Yahweh by... By Elevation Worship. Elevation. Yeah, it's good. Nice. What's your fun segment? Are you going to tell a story again? No, this time. I'm going to go um, for my... I do love storytelling. It's fun. I might do that again sometime, actually. That's good. Two tropes. I'm gonna... Hey, back to tropes. Yeah. One should die, and the other should be, like... Blasted. I love it so much. So, like, this trope should die? Like, you don't like seeing this trope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This trope should stop happening. And that trope is um, when the dog dies. Ah, mm. uh, stop it. John Wick, Marley and me. Uh, any, like, any, I mean, just, like, not just the dog, like, a dog or yeah. pet or whatever, but, like, even the the human embodiment of the dog, like, sure. like they'll be fine. Oh, Dobby. Oh, same, same movie, but yeah, bro. <laughs> two, two shots to the head. Like that's rough. That's rough. Man, Dobby. But yeah, John Wick's dog, bro. Just like, if you want to get emotion, like emotional real quick, kill the dog, basically. Which is, and like also if you want to raise attention real quick, kill the dog, you know, but just, I think is really emotional, but kind of overplayed and a little too easy. Like, yeah, if you're gonna write something, sort of cheap feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're you the viewer, kind of going, bro, like I love this character, but they're gonna die. At this point, I'm like, they're gonna die. That sucks. Yeah, I think particularly if like it's just like an establishing shot where it's like, oh, this is a person and they have a dog, and that's kind of all you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they have a dog, but like, this isn't a dog that's been part of the story. Mm. And we've, you know, seen multiple installments with like, if, at least when Hedwig died, it was in the last one. Yeah. It was completely symbolic of the end of Harry's childhood. Yeah. Like she was, she was a birthday present mm. when he started going to Hogwarts. And then it's, and then like, just before he turns 17, which is adulthood for the wizards, Hedwig dies. Mm. 
there's, there's complete symbolism in there, and Hedwig's been, you know, helpful in terms of post yeah. posting letters for yeah, some yeah. books. But yeah, when people are just introduced, like, oh, I have a dog, you assume, yes, they love their dog. Mm. So when their dog dies, it's like hugely emotional and a motivator. But yeah, you haven't gone on a journey with that dog necessarily. No, no. Molly and me was that ruined me, man. That was like, wow. But again, it was just like, well, that was kind of the, the, the start, I think, of that easy emotional response. Just like, kill the dog, everyone cries. Everyone raves about it. Which is why it's so popular, I think. Anyway, so that was our thing. People like, you know, build a, a more compelling tension, build a more like uh, emotional response, give me like something to hold on to rather than just that. The one I think should be like used a whole lot more is the villain with good PR type character. <laughs> like the guy who's like, you know, he's the villain. The protagonist knows that they are the villain. They are definitely the bad guy. But everyone else is like, no, they're like fantastic, bro. Like, I love that guy. Why would you ever go after him? You're a dog. And you're like, yes, build a good, smart villain yeah. and um, create tension in the story by making it really difficult for the protagonist to win, but not without making the villain overpowered. Yeah. You know? So some examples of that. Prince Hans from Frozen. Yep. Everyone's like, yeah, Prince Hans, that guy. So good. I mean, Anna puts him in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, makes sense. Let's do it. Fair. Yeah. And then, so he's like, great PR. Um, Love is an open door is like, a banger. What an endorsement. Oh, I know. Far out. <laughs> like, well, he yeah. sings a love song with the protagonist. Like, I'm going to marry you guy. after knowing you for 20 minutes. That's pretty good PR, I guess. Bold. If you can be that charismatic, you deserve to win, I think. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I don't think I'd ever say that about Prince Hans. Hmm. Um, I just think of Norman Osborn. Yeah. In the comics, he was the president. Yeah. But he was also known by a lot of heroes to be the Green Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I think at one point he becomes Iron Patriot. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Norman Osborn is the president, the Green Goblin, and Iron Patriot. Yeah. And once I'm like, it's only in America. Does it start the Thunderbolts as well? Is that his thing? I don't know if he starts them. But I don't know enough about yeah. like, the OG comic Thunderbolts. Yeah classic oh, i think no, i think it's is um general ross oh okay i think he forms them yeah or maybe he's just on the og team as red hulk yeah um from the same world kingpin is yeah. an example of that yeah kingpin in the daredevil series he's like a philanthropist and everyone's like yeah he's the best meanwhile he's like the literal kingpin of crime in new york city classic Yep. And Gus Fring from King Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Bruh. Uh, everyone is so shocked when he's uh, kind of revealed to be the this drug lord. And they were like, what? What? Wow, what? And um, Walter spends heaps of time trying to win one over on him. Because he's just that smart. He's a really good villain. <laughs> was a great ending for him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Half his face blown off. Yes, that's awesome. Um, a turtle? <laughs> or no, someone's chair. Yeah, someone's, someone's chair. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's, um, yeah. So good, man. Mobility scooter. Yeah. Um, a wheelchair. That's funny. Yeah. I just think of that, that 
think it's book one, episode ten of Last Airbender, Jet. Oh yeah. Um, and it's sort of that small, very, very predictable. Now I don't, or I don't often like watching episodes like this anymore of just any kind of show where it's like once you've seen it once, the beats get very repetitive. But sure, yeah. um, and I was kind of like that with Jet for a while, where it's like it was an episode where I was like, I'll watch it because it's in order, but <laughs> but yeah. you know I know everything about it. But mm. now I kind of I like to I like to rewatch it. And, Mm. For different reasons, but it's just everyone loves Jet, and Sokka's the only one who is suspicious of him mm. um, and has seen his sort of darker side. And no one just, you know, everyone loves a, an introduced character, they're the best. <laughs> and then one character that has kind of been in a bad mood before they met this character and is very, very has good reason to be jealous of them already mm. finds out that they're actually more sinister than they are. Mm. And then so no one takes them seriously, and they're just like, you just jealous. It happens in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, yeah, okay, they're the bad guys, sure. Yeah. You're just insecure. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty played out. That's true. I'm trying to think of others, but, like, yeah. They're out there. I'm trying to come up with another one yeah. as well. But, like, is, um, I mean, that happened in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, best show ever made about the Avengers. Oh, um, so good. Way better than Avengers Assemble. Oh, um, when Red Hope joins the team. The Red Hulk yeah. is you know, smarter than the Hulk. Yeah. Um, uh, and also a military man, so probably a better fighter naturally. But, um, you know, the Hulk is the Hulk and is grumpy and angry and um, yeah. is there because he's strong, but no one's really personal friends with him. Mm. Um, and then he's like, Red Hulk is sus, man. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're like, Hulk, <laughs> green with envy. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, there's one example. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Good PR. Hmm. Nice. Mm, good PR. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, for Breaking Bad. So good. Laura and I just finished Breaking Bad. So I'm like frothing on it so hard right now. <laughs> it's so much fun. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Thanks for listening to episode 14. Yeah. We're just about to record episode 15. Season 2, episode 2, you mean? Yeah, that's right. You've got to change the thinking. Yeah, it's been great. Been a good time. Yeah. Have a, I hope that your 2023 has started off well. Mm. Yeah. And that you had a good Valentine's Day, if that's a thing that you were celebrating this month. Yeah. I think today is also National Pizza Day. So hopefully you've had a good pizza. You well. were married on National Pizza Day. I know. <laughs> we just found this out the other day. That's pretty sick. It's just, I don't know. We both love pizza and I'm so glad that it's National Pizza Day. Anyway, we're great having you guys. Enjoy your pizza. <laughs> Ciao.